0: Y'all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth, stop running from the people. We're out here, we're ready to play. We're ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team. I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and I'll continue to be ready. And to all the people that came out here today to support, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. To the people that aren't here, I'm thinking of you. I appreciate you supporting from where you are. We'll continue to give you updates as we hear. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court. We're ready to go. I disagree, Colin. I don't think you're ready to go. And it's not because of what you put on tape. It's because of what happened before the tape began and after the tape stopped. And when I say the tape, I mean the workout. You know, I think the best thing that Colin Kaepernick could have done for his case, if what he wanted was to get back into the NFL, his best way would have been to accept to accept the workout that the NFL offered him in Atlanta, save for maybe the waiver. The waiver was kind of questionable. The waiver had broad language. The waiver could have trapped Colin Kaepernick. Good for him on that. And yeah, I accept the fact that the whole thing was a mess. The best thing that Colin Kaepernick could have done would have been shut his mouth and take the opportunity that was given to him. He could have used this as an opportunity to trap the NFL. Instead, he exposed himself. And he proved that he has learned nothing over the last few years and that he is not ready. If Colin would have showed up and just played football, there'd be a chance that somebody would ask him for help. Andy Dalton has been benched add him to the list of starting quarterbacks that will not start for their football team. I've already been over it so many times, I'm not going through the list again. There's a dozen quarterbacks, we all know, who are not going to play football in Week 11. There are backups playing in Week 11. And Colin had an opportunity to show up, to keep his mouth shut, to get signed on a football team. And no, maybe he wouldn't be a starter forever. Maybe he wouldn't be a starter at all. I don't know, I'm speculating on these things. But what I know is, I I see I've never, I guess I've never negotiated an NFL contract, but I've been a part of some pretty big negotiations. And while you don't necessarily want to be seen as a a guy that's kissing butt or cheesy or over eager, sometimes you don't want to seem that way. Then you seem desperate. You also don't want to slap the other negotiator across the table in the face. That's what's happening here. It's a chess match. It's nothing more than a game. The NFL's guilty of it. Colin Kaepernick's guilty of it. They don't want him in the league. He doesn't want to be in the league. That's what's happening. Just saw it all happen Saturday. Saturday at, I guess, four o'clock, not three o'clock at some other field looked like a high school field I don't know what field it was but it wasn't Mercedes-Benz Stadium with different wide receivers and different cameras oh and by the way a lot less NFL teams a whole bunch less I think I saw six Adam Schefter reported six NFL teams saw his workout original report was like 25 Colin Kaepernick put himself in a corner And he wasted his last opportunity to have any leverage against the league because now he's not going to be signed. And now he's not going to be signed because of his own actions, because of his own words, because of the mess that would be brought into a team, knowing that Colin still has an ax to grind. Whether you agree with him or not, Colin has clearly shown that he is not ready to put down the fight and play football. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football podcast. My name's Tony Dyer. You can find me on Twitter at Commissioner Mr. There's just too many distractions already for, for Colin Kaepernick to be injected into a team. He'll cause another distraction. Look at the Cleveland Browns, ripe, full of distractions. Everybody already knows what happened Thursday night. Very confusing to me in a lot of different ways. After the game on Thursday night, after the Browns dominated the Steelers, and then Miles Garrett tears the helmet off of, Kyle, of Mason Rudolph and hits him in the head with it. Confusing. We'll talk about that in a second. After all that happens, Baker says, This is going to be a soap opera on the outside, like the media has done all year with us. Oh, Baker, days of our lives just got canceled, bud. Nobody likes soap operas anymore. Gosh, a soap opera from the outside. Listen, beer chugging Baker isn't helping matters. Do you remember when he, by the way, this is not a problem. I kind of like this. Does anybody remember when Baker was watching that baseball game and he bit into the side of that can and shotgunned it? That was good media. Not football related. He was a spectator of a game. Showed a wild, fun side. The problem is that that's not an isolated thing. The problem is that Baker's a young quarterback, an emotional quarterback. Do you remember when Baker was fined $12,500 for criticizing NFL officials? When in all reality, he could have done things differently to win that game. And do you remember the altercation with Tony Grossi? Tony's a polarizing figure in Cleveland, and he was especially critical of Baker coming into the draft. Do you remember Tony asking Baker questions and Baker's response was stop saying that I told you the clock was running. You don't play so you don't know. He hit him. He hit the longtime beat writer with you don't play so you don't know as though decades of reporting on football has taught him nothing. It's just that plain and simple, he says. Baker Mayfield's a distraction. He is distracted, at least, by himself. Odell Beckham. Do you remember the the million dollar watches? There was like three weeks in a row where all we could talk about was what watch Odell Beckham's wearing 1.4 million, 2.5 million. Gosh, this sounds like a soap opera, bud. Baker, are you paying attention? Because the media didn't do this. You did this. Odell Beckham did this. Jarvis Landry calls a W. He calls a win. We're going to win against the Pats. Oh, I meant we're going there to win. Oh, and then they lose, by the way. Jarvis Landry's calling Ws and losing them. Anybody have any visual memories of Odell Beckham having to go off the sidelines? And the equipment manager had to remove his visor from his helmet while the Browns were in the end zone when it really mattered. I don't know if they won that game or not. I should have looked that up. But that's beside the point. Odell Beckham's on the sideline in the red zone because his visor is not right. He's got an illegal visor. After the game, he says, Well, they just did that because it was me. No, they did that because your visor was illegal. This whole team is starting to look like a soap opera. Do you know how you avoid being told to leave the field because your visor's illegal? Wear a legal visor. It's just that simple. Not only was it a visor, but Jarvis and Odell were both so worried about selling shoes that they wore illegal shoes. So they got sent to the sidelines and were told to change their shoes during the game. Come on, guys. These are little things that have major effects. I don't understand. And then the Garrett implosion. Then Miles Garrett. And yeah, you can say that Mason Rudolph provoked that a little bit. I guess I, okay, okay, maybe maybe Mason Rudolph provoked that a little bit. But that's not the behavior that I would expect out of a team that was just dominating a division opponent at home. That was a big win. Juju hurt, Deontay Johnson out, James Conner done for the game. And the Browns just had to play football. Keep your mouth shut. Play the game. You're going to get a win. No, that's too difficult. We want a soap opera. A soap opera off the field is one thing. But with 87 penalties in 10 weeks and four ejections, The Browns have been nothing but a soap opera. On the field, off the field, everywhere. And now, Miles Garrett is suspended indefinitely. Probably for the rest of the season. I don't see that going away. Maybe he'll be back next year. Maybe he should be. I don't know. I don't know. That's a different conversation for a different day. But all of this drama is costing the Cleveland Browns organization football games on a year that they had Super Bowl aspirations. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I can't help but to think that Dorsey and Kitchens should be removed immediately. And maybe Odell Beckham. Maybe you trade him away too. You might have too many personalities on this football team. I don't see a coach in the NFL that's going to run over to Cleveland to take over this mess. It's too late. You picked the wrong guy. Freddie Kitchens should never have been in that position. I feel bad for Freddie. I don't think he's done a terrible job. I think he's in over his head. He's got too many personalities. He doesn't have enough support. And I think that he's a little bit lost in this. He's admitted, he's admitted post-game that he still has a lot lot to learn. And I think that's great. Good for him. I think that Freddie Kitchens could be a good head coach and should get an opportunity to be a coach again one day. But I think he's going back to be an offensive coordinator in 2020. And I don't think it's going to be for the Cleveland Browns, although that would be nice. I think if he could just hit the rewind button and go back to working with Baker on the sidelines and working with Odell, not as a leader of, not as a, I should say he would still be a leader. I should say, I guess what I'm trying to say is the head coach's job is more than just football. The head coach has to help grown men, because that's what they are, has to help grown men keep their head together on the field, off the field. Their emotions have to be in check. Look at Mike Tomlin. Mason Rudolph gets up post-game after getting hit in the head with his own helmet. And yeah, he's a little bit cocky, and yeah, he probably you know what he probably did provoke that, but as soon as the soon as that was over, almost immediately, Mason Rudolph sends out a tweet. This is an NFL issue. We're not going to hear about it again out of the Steelers. They're not going to talk about this anymore because. The Steelers organization led by Mike Tomlin knows to keep their mouth shut, keep the drama away. Even Antonio Brown, for as much, much stuff that's going on with Antonio Brown, when you look back at it, yeah, there was some drama in, Cle- in, in Pittsburgh, but it really didn't, it really didn't take over there. Tomlin did a good job keeping that under control. Even Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was mouthy, but he wasn't on the team then. Actually, Actually, he was on the team. This actually helps prove my point. Le'Veon Bell was franchise tag, I believe. That's what the whole thing was about. He wanted more money. And Le'Veon Bell wanted things his way, and Mike Tomlin wanted things his way. So guess who won that argument? Mike Tomlin won that argument. And when you think about that, when you think about Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and Le'Veon Bell, there's some personality right there. Best running back in football, Arguably the best wide receiver in football at the time. That's a lot to keep under control. I feel bad for Freddie Kitchens because I know, I know, plain and simple, that Freddie Kitchens is in over his head. He wasn't prepared. I'm sorry, Freddie. It's not personal. But Freddie has shown that he's lost control of this organization. It won't get better. It will get worse. I promise you. Anyway, I'm done beating this horse. It's clearly dead. Thanks for joining me on the first ever Tuesday edition of Huddle Up, a football podcast. I'll be back again Thursday as I am every Thursday, and I'll be joined by my friend Corey Wilkerson. You can find him on Twitter at WilkieWonkaFF. Thursday we'll discuss an AFC South showdown that has major playoff implications as the Colts go to the Texans, both six and four, both tied for the top of the division. Big game, guys, can't wait to talk about it.